Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Bridge Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the episode so far. This week, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Henrietta Collier. Hi, Henrietta. Hi, Ian. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, I know you've been nervous about it. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) But hopefully, you know, I'm sure it'll be a real blessing to us to, to listen to your story. So we've asked everyone this same question. What's life in lockdown been like for you? How have you coped? What's it been like? Well, it's been very strange to say the least because I was shielding. So it wasn't just lockdown. At the beginning of lockdown, I before I got the letter, I used to go for walks and I really enjoyed it. I must have been one of the very few people who really enjoyed going out in the morning. It was when we had the cherry blossoms. Oh, yeah. And I'd walk down Penny Lane, which I've lived in the same house for 20-something years. And I've never really walked right down Penny Lane. In all time. (laughs) (laughs) So I walked down and I didn't realise they had the blossoms Mm -hmm. at that time of the year in the spring. So it was beautiful. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the beginning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then? And then I got the letter saying you can't go out. (laughs) (laughs) So what's that been like? Um, Because you're on your own in the house? Yes. So how's that? That must must be tough because it's, what, 14 weeks now, is it? Yes, it is. It It was very hard, actually, to start off with. And I just wondered what am I going to do with myself in mm. all that time. And, um, but I really thank God for very good friends, for family. Yeah. Um, my daughter organised weekly Zoom. We all love Zoom now, don't oh, we? Oh, yes. Never heard of it before <laughs> no, lockdown. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you. Yes, and because um, she lives in London. Well, mm-hmm. the two of the, three of them in London. My son lives in Abu Dhabi with his family, his wow. grandchildren. And that, for me, was the most difficult bit, just accepting that. Not um, you couldn't see them. Yes, yes. But then within a week or so, I was... I was able to adjust. Yeah. Yeah, I was able to adjust. I haven't got a big garden, but I've got quite a big and pleasant backyard, which I've tiled. So at that time when it was really sunny and warm, I'd sit outside, I've got flowers and plants, and I'd read. Okay. Yes. But it's a challenge, though. It's a long time, isn't it, to be on your own? It is, yes. And then I... I got used to it a little bit, but what used to really upset me a little is if somebody rings the doorbell, stands outside of the gate, Mm -hmm. and then I've got to to stand there and and just talk to them. It was really good that they did, but I felt felt like one of those lepers mentioned in the Bible. Yeah, Yeah. no (laughs) one could go near you. Don't come near me. And you were say you said that when we were chatting about you know you coming in to do the podcast you were saying that you hadn't seen anyone for like for fourteen weeks and I'm I'm the first person what, what a I've privilege been close to <laughs> <Yeah>. yes <laughs> some people were saying they felt sorry for you that it was going to be me so I'm sorry about <laughs> oh, that oh I'm sure not yes <laughs> been in a car because I've been just there people if the they drop off shopping for me or anything like that it's left on the steps yeah. And then, and then I'll go out when they've 
when they've gone yes. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's and so much. It, it really is. Yes, yeah. Amazing. So, but you've you can't you you seem like really well, and you've kind of dealt with it, and hopefully now you know we're we're coming out of that, and yes, we'll be able to do something more. More, yeah, that's right. And it's I'm just so I'm just so thankful. I. I, I'm going to say I don't know how people can cope with that if they, if they were not a Christian. Yeah. I so looked forward to Sunday mornings, even though I know I'm not going to church, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to church. And it's th- that little Zoom coffee yeah. bit, that was good as well. And um, I've always been very much of a reader. Okay. From when I was very young. I would nearly always have my head buried in a book, much to my mum's um, disgust. But <laughs> yes, but um, so that really helped me. And um, I also thank God that we have all these reading Bible plans and devotionals and everything that you can access on that little bit of device. You on my, yes, for my home. And it was such a blessing. It mm. really was. I could read to my heart's delight. I could meditate on something. I could think about other things. And I spent a lot of time on the phone yeah. chatting. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yes. yeah, phone calls. Yeah. yeah. It's it's amazing how positive you are after that, that experience. It's really amazing. Um, yeah, because early on I made a decision to look for at least one blessing in every day. Great idea. Yeah, Yeah. every day. So I did. Sometimes it's late on in the day because maybe halfway through I was getting really getting fed up. Yeah. And I kept saying to myself, go on, Henrietta, you mustn't let um, this get you down now. You mustn't let it get you down. So So, like we've done with lots of other folks, it'd be great if we could go back in your life maybe to talk about what what Henrietta was like as a little girl, what her life was like you know, what your family life was like, that kind of stuff, where you were, where you were living, um, you know, all those kind of things. So that would be really interesting if that's okay. Yes, it's a long time to remember, (laughs) (laughs) because I celebrated my 70th birthday last year. In fact, it's interesting, there's so many church members, at least those that I'm I know because I haven't been at Bridge for very long. There's so many people who were born around that time. That's right, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, um, That's what Vinny was saying. Yeah, 1949 mm. seemed to be the year. <laughs> it was a good year, good Vincent. Yes, yeah. All the best people were born in yeah. 1949. I'm sure there'll be plenty who agree. Yes. <laughs> yes, so um, I was born in Sierra Leone in West Africa. Wow. Which um, was still a colony, so it was colonial Sierra Leone when I was born and right up to the time I grew up. And um, I think it was just before I started secondary school that we gained independence. Didn't really mean much to me then. No, just to explain, because some of the younger listeners won't understand, may may not understand the colonial kind of model. Okay. Um, Sierra Leone was one of the British colonies in West Africa. Uh, a lot of the West African countries were under British rule yeah. then. And um, we had some countries that were under French rule, yeah. but quite a lot of West Africa was British controlled. Yeah. So 
it was very much, um, and Sierra Leone is, well, at least Freetown, which is the capital city of Sierra Leone, where I was born, I think was quite unique to um, British colonies in that it was at the end of the slave trade when slaves were, when slavery was abolished. Mm -hmm. And um, there were some slaves in the UK, quite a few, quite a lot actually. And, um, and I think, I don't know, it was something to do with the East West African trade routes yes. or something for Britain. So um, the slaves, when they, the slaves were taken to Freetown, which was a port, is a port. Yeah. And slaves were taken from Freetown, actually, <laughs> yes. in the days of slavery. Yeah. But then at the end of it all, they were sent back to Freetown was bought okay. then to resettle the freed slaves. Who'd come from all over Mostly from Britain. Yeah, and back to? Uh, yes, back to Sierra Leone. Wow. And um, they had people from Britain. Also, they used some of the Caribbean islands as well. So my little ethnic group is that the Creoles is um, formed of these freed slaves that were settled in, in, in Freetown. So they're your ancestors? My ancestors, yes, wow. yes. And that's why we've got the names that we have. Um, Henrietta. Okay. Right, yes. <laughs> Elizabeth. Yes, yes. That's like a... Yes, part of the colonial days. heritage. Yes, and yes, you can nearly yeah. always tell when... Because the, there were people living in Sierra Leone before some of them had come to, as slaves and others haven't, but... That uh, particular group had all the English sounding names. Right. Yeah. So, how did growing up, how did that? Um, history affect you? Was that something that was talked about in school? Was it a big part of school? Um, what what was that like? No, I studied British history in school. <laughs> right. Okay. So that wasn't part of your no, curriculum? No, Very, very little. It was more what I read later, later on. What you and had to find out yes, yourself. Yes, yes. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was the War of the Roses and all that kind <laughs> Henry of... Henry VIII's wives and all that <laughs> that's stuff. That's it, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes. But your own, like, your country's history was not on the... Uh... Not really, no, not really. It is now. Yes, sure. Yeah, that's... Yeah. But then, in the early... In the, 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 the mid-50s, yeah. it most certainly wasn't no. taught, so... Um, but I... The things that we came to find out later on. But the... I always say the free town that I grew up in was quite... Um, it was quite pleasant. It was nice. We were poor. Mm. Um, we had very little, and my dad was not a particularly great provider, but my mum was a woman of excellence, if I can say that. Yeah, for sure. Yes, she really was. So growing up, 
um, primary school. Oh, when the missionaries went to Sierra Leone, to Freetown, all those years ago, um, they started schools and churches and hospitals and right. all the rest of it, the yeah. things that you read about that yeah. um, missionaries did then and perhaps still do now. I am really grateful for the missionaries who first went out because our, I keep referring to my little uh, ethnic group. Yes, sure, yeah, yeah. The emphasis at the beginning was to these freed slaves Right, okay. For them to get all the support and help. That's right, yes. So you had the situation where the capital city, Freetown, was a colony, and then the rest of Sierra Leone was um, referred to as a protectorate. Okay. So they came under the protection, I would imagine, of Britain. The British government. Yes, yeah. but the emphasis then was on those in Freetown. So... Education was very much part of what we had because the schools were started. Um, so right down the generations, you would find that um, literacy perhaps would probably be something like in the mid-high 90s in our group, mm -hmm. whereas it might be zero in in other groups. So there was great inequalities from yeah. then, but you know, historically anyway. Yeah. So... Um, so, yes, I went to a church missionary society primary school. What was that like? It was good, actually. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> yes, I enjoyed it. I, I, yes, I did. Um, where we had assemblies in the morning, um, proper assemblies, hymn singing. A lot wow. of the hymns that I remember now are from those days. Wow. Yeah. And, um, yeah, sometimes we... I wouldn't have lunch because my mom couldn't afford it. So right. it would be going off to school after breakfast and then waiting till you come home. Before you ask me to eat again. Yes. But it was it was all right. It was not just all right. I enjoyed my childhood. Yeah. I really did enjoy my childhood. And yes. siblings? Did you have yeah. brothers? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of seven. Okay. And I am the third one down. From the top. From the top, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, um, yes, lots of mouths to feed. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, um, but yes, we were, I was happy growing up. Um, as I said, I, I missed, it's only looking back that I realised that we had very little if anything, much. But you didn't seem to at the time. No, not at the time at all. My mum was quite a cheerful person. Mm -hmm. With seven kids, well. I know, <laughs> yes. Well, the thing is that by the time she had the younger ones, the older ones looked after of the course. younger yeah, ones. Because sure. yeah, yeah. you do from a very early age. Yeah. From a very early age, you help look, to look after your siblings. And then the community was very different there because you... Neighbours would keep an eye, would look yeah. after you. And um, I've got lots and lots of aunties and uncles who were friends of my mom or whatever, yeah, but sure. you never make that distinction. Yeah. If somebody is, if somebody looks like they're old enough to be a parent, that person is um, auntie or uncle. Yeah. And that's it. 
Yeah. You never address anybody by their first name. I still struggle to address older people after all these years really? by their first name. Because yeah. of that experience. Because of that, yes, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So you, you said before about you were in secondary school when the colonial time came to an end. Yes. And um, Sierra Leone became independent. Yes. But that, you said that didn't really seem to have much have an effect on, on you and your No, age, not really. In really. 1961, I think I was just finishing primary school because we didn't start school till you were six, I think, then, yeah. Mm. And um, there were some nurseries, but nursery schools, but I didn't get a chance to go to no. that because mum couldn't afford it. And... Um, so the, the missionary primary school you went to, that was free? Yes. Yeah. That and that's was why free. you could go? Yes, yeah, yes. Right, yeah. Well, education was free then. Okay. But right. the nursery schools, it was just the logistics of, you know, sending... Nursery schools were not free. Yeah. But um, I... So obviously that was out of our realm altogether. Yeah. But the, sec, the primary school was good. In fact, it was an all-girls school. Right. And because it was a lot of the pupils then were from my ethnic group, yeah. it's changed a bit. It was beginning to change, but um, in fact, it was changing quite a bit, actually. And that was becoming broader. Yes, yeah. yes. It's quite a lot more inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And then secondary school, was that the same school just carrying on or did you go to... No, I went to, no, I went to an all-girls secondary school, which I would proudly say... Is Still the best. Um, <laughs> Is it still going? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh yes, very much so. Wow. <laughs> yes. And was that a state, like a, a, a state school as opposed to a missionary school, the secondary one? Or well, that... it was a, most of the school. Yeah, it was a missionary school. Was it? Wow. But again, it was, you know, the CMS, the Church Missionary Society. Yes. Um, there were different types of school. Mine was the so-called Anglican Right. type yeah. school. And because you had the Catholic schools as well, yeah, sure. they were not part of the CMS, but they were, I know they had the nuns and whoever. So you had that. And my secondary school was the very first all-girls secondary school in the whole of Africa. Wow. That is some claim. Yeah. My mum went there. <laughs> My great aunt went there. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so it was a well-established um, secondary yeah. school set up by missionaries in 100 years before I was born. Wow. I remember that because I keep saying it's 100 years older than me. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get compared to your mum? The other teachers, the, the well, teachers were, the, were any of the teachers the same? Well, some of her, because so, my mum left school and got married early mm -hmm. so but some of her classmates were then teachers when i was there okay so yes yeah, yeah. so yeah. i i got told off <laughs> yeah yeah because like the worst thing for siblings isn't it is like getting compared yes. to your brother or sister but that, <laughs> getting compared to your mum exactly. it's a whole other level yes exactly and we we at that time the society was that everybody well not everybody but most people look after most people's children okay so yeah. i could be roundly told off or perhaps even given the odd slap or two yeah. by somebody who's not a relative at all if I was misbehaving. Yeah. 
yeah. And okay, I, we're keeping an eye on you. Yes. On behalf of. On behalf of the family. Yeah. So, yeah, your parents. So, um, you tend to make sure there was no adult around if you're going to be naughty or something like that. Top it, tip. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get caught. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so the this, the sec, my secondary school was I began to realize the difference then that between the haves and the have-nots in terms of okay possessions yeah, and, yeah. and things like that. Um, school uniforms I would get some of those that have been donated by those who've moved on and shoes and things like that. Yeah. But it didn't. I realized the difference, but it didn't bother me. Yeah. It didn't bother me at all. Um, there were quite a few of us in that situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, secondary school is you enjoy that? Is it good? You do well? Are you good at school? You know, are you a good worker? Do you do well? <laughs> I do your homework I, on time? I think I did. Yes, I. Th- I think you did. <laughs> I think I did. Um, my. Yes, I enjoyed secondary school. The way the education system worked then, perhaps to a certain extent still now, is that you are promoted from one year to the next only on merits. Not on age. Not on age. So you can be in the same year for three years. <laughs> wow, sir. So you could still be at school by the time you're 20. Because <laughs> <laughs> you keep getting help back. <laughs> But that didn't happen to you, did it? No, no. fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Thank wow. God, no. So that's good motivation, though, isn't it, to work? <laughs> yes, to work, yes. Okay. And, yeah, because you, you, you don't just get moved. And then sometimes, very occasionally, you'll have a very, very bright child that would be given what was referred to then as double promotion. So you'd skip right. a year. Okay. I didn't do that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a setup to say that was me. <laughs> <laughs> so what when does secondary school finish? What age are you then? Is it 16, 18, or does it depend how well you do or it finishes when you finish, when okay. you've done all the years. It was it was um secondary school is from, from one to from five, which yeah. would be the year Seven. that you take GCSEs here. Yes, eleven. Yes, yeah. yes. And I still struggle with the years. Yeah, G- exactly. And I refer to it as, yeah, it was GC then in the good old days. Yes. yes so, um, so yes, I think I did well. And I went to sixth form. Right. I'd gone to an all-girls primary school and an all-girls secondary school. And there were quite a few co-eds around. So I... For sixth uh, form? Yes, for sixth form. But some of the, even just the ordinary secondary schools were co-eds. Yeah. Not many, but yeah, some. Yeah, yeah. So I decided to go to a co-ed school. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> In, more interesting. <laughs> yes. In what way? Oh, there were boys there. 
Brilliant. <laughs> yes. So was that a was that a that's a quite a big change, I suppose. All girl primary, all girl secondary, suddenly boys and girls, and yes. at that age as well. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not so, quite adults. So I was. 17 because we started school we started school at six and then and then the school year changed from it was january Mm -hmm. when i started school and then somewhere along the line it changed to september so there was that additional time oh like tagged on sorry it was that time was added on that's right that's right yeah so it was probably i was probably 17 right when i took my gc exams right so, so that's the, like gcse's now isn't it yes yeah. yes so by the time i finished sixth form i was 19 okay yeah and did you do a levels yes yes a levels was it, it english was, curriculum it was yeah yes and what a levels did you do i did um religious studies in a levels i don't know if they still do that now yeah, yeah. and i did english literature yeah and um, my science subject was biology. Okay. Yeah. And did you do well? I think I did. Yeah. Yes, I think I did. At least I didn't have to take anything twice. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's I, my I did. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go into that now. <laughs> so during that time of sixth form, do you start to have any ideas of like possible careers you want to do? Are you thinking further ahead? Is anything like that going on? Yes, it was. And again, it depends on... There were lots of children in the house Mm. because I'm one of seven and it was a small house because by the time I was in my mid-secondary school time, my dad left the family home and then he got very ill soon after that and I was still at school when he he died. But the, the last few years of his life, we were apart in terms of the children and my mom. And then my dad went to live with one of his sisters. Um, so that was, that was hard, but mm. it, was, it was hard in terms of, because it's almost like my dad was not really there much, right. even though, even when he was there. Um, so I don't think any of the children really built up that relationship that you would build with the dad. Mm -hmm. But my mom was always there. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, we we will, there's so much to talk about, but is church a part of your life? Is it a part of your family's life? Do you go to church, anything like that happening at that time? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, we did. You had no choice. Okay. You had to go to church. And did you all go together? Sometimes we would all go together. Now, on a Sunday, my mother would do all because she worked. She was a nurse. Mm-hmm. So, but she didn't work weekends, as far as I remember. Um, and on a Sunday, she, that's when she would do all the ironing and things like that. So we'd all go off to church. And I was more or less raised in an Anglican church. But for most of my 
secondary school years where we were living, there, no, primary school years, sorry, where we were living, it was walking distance to the a Methodist church. Right. And um, we didn't have a car, obviously. And um, so we all used to walk to church on a Sunday morning with my mom, my mom. I don't ever remember my dad going to church, yeah. actually. Yeah. And um, yes, and back. So you had no choice. Saturday, you have to get your, make sure your shoes are all polished and, and um, get your Sunday best out. Um, and then marched off to church uh-huh. <laughs> on a Sunday morning. And that was the pattern of my life till I finished secondary school. Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of finishing GCSEs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I sort of said, I'm not going. Right. Um, but I think after the first couple of weeks, I decided to go to early communion, which the Anglican church had. So that was from seven to seven, quite early anyway, and it didn't last as long because church was quite lengthy. (laughs) So you went early in the morning to kind of get out of the way. That's right, that's right. I can't even remember what I did for the rest of the day when I got home. probably met up with friends or yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but that was my first um, go at rebelling right okay your first go okay, yes that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's carry on with um your finished sixth form you do well in your a-levels what what happens next i left home <laughs> okay yeah i came i came to the uk So, how it's people will need help understand. Well, I would like to understand that yeah. you you grow up in Sierra Leone. Yeah, you have that really tight family community that extends beyond your immediate family. Oh yes, you're all looking after each other. You've got a fairly um, organised life of um, structures, and you know you go and you do school, and then you you leave all that behind at what 18 19 19 and go to a completely different country a completely different culture number one why why did you do that and number two what what was that like and and number three what what was the kind of feeling that you got from making that jump okay i had a I was going to say an aunt because the great great aunt doesn't doesn't exist in our culture, so to okay. speak. Yes, everybody is an aunt. You, yeah. you don't have anything beyond a second cousin. Right. And the second cousin only you stretch it a bit. So yes. yeah. So my auntie, um, who was my mum's auntie, really lived in London. And. Um, 
I said I was the third one down. Yeah. My oldest, my young, my the eldest, my brother, he didn't do very well at school. Let me just put it that way. And then the one next to him, my sister, my older sister, she also didn't really do very well at home. So at school, yes, I should say. So um, I was the first one to finish school. So I was really encouraged to to study, and I loved reading. Mm-hmm. And I spent, and the house was crowded, yeah. overcrowded, not yeah. even just crowded, with all of us. Yeah. So I used to spend a lot of time in the library, in the, just the general library. Yeah, yeah. Um, after school, I'd go home. But then we had to go home and do the chores. We've always all had chores and help with the cooking and all the rest of it. But I could get away from some of those because I would go to the library to do some work. And because I showed some promise at that time, I suppose I got away with quite a bit. Yes. So um, by the time I was almost, I was heading for GC exams, my mom was really struggling. But my grandmother helped quite a bit. financially, you know, support and all of that. And my younger sister, the one next to me, immediately next to me, was doing well at school as well. And, well, the rest of the tribe, (laughs) 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 Um, we all seemed to have got into that pattern of staying on at school and and, um, making headway. So my aunt visited Sierra Leone at one time. That's my great aunt, really. Who was in London. Who was in London, yeah, yeah. yes, with her, her husband. They didn't have any children. So my mom was like the child. Because I said my mom went to the same school, the yes. Annie Walsh Memorial School. Well, it was this great aunt who put her through. Right, OK. That, um, through her education. Yeah. And um, so when when... She visited and she said, we were chatting and she said, oh, what would you like to do and this? And we talked about this and that. And at the time, I wasn't too sure, but I was, I thought about medicine, but then I'd chosen the wrong subjects. A-levels. A-levels, yeah. yes. And and did that just to go to the... <laughs> yeah, to see the, the boys. School, yes. Yeah. <laughs> With hindsight, it wasn't a very good reason to choose. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, so she said, well, would you fancy doing nursing? And I said, oh, okay, I could, I could do that. So while I was taking my, getting ready to take my A-levels, I applied, applied to a few nursing schools they were just nursing schools then not universities that was in 1969 mm-hmm. i applied to a few in london and got accepted actually all of them but i went to westminster right um general hospital which is i think is a block of flats now 
and I was I was um, accepted there. So that's how I. So when I first came, I think I was here for about a month before the training started. I stayed with my. It's difficult to refer to her as a great aunt, yeah, but, we, but that's yeah, what that she lady, that's yeah, what yeah, she was, yeah. and um, yeah, I stayed with them, and I also had an uncle who was my mom's cousin. My mom was an only child, right? Surprisingly, for those days, yes, yes. yes yeah, um, so her cousin was also living in London at that time, and with his family. So I would spend weekends with them. So I had family to spend weekends and things with, but it was, it was very different, mainly in terms of food. But otherwise, I had acquired that discipline to work hard. Yeah. The difference was being different. Right. Sure. Yes. Um, and at that time, late 60s, early 70s, there were, there were people who would make it very obvious to you that you are different. You'd go mm. to a shop and you'd be... People would hurl abuse at you and that kind of thing. So, so yes, it was. It didn't have much of an impact on me, because by that time I'd stopped going to church. When I came to the UK, you stopped. I'd stopped. Yeah. Yes, okay. altogether, yeah. completely. Yes, um, and I don't know why. Okay. I suppose. I suppose. In, in Sierra Leone, when we had to go to church, that the fact that we had to perhaps had a negative, little bit of a negative yeah. effect because in those days you don't say no to your parents, not when you're in primary school or even sure. secondary school. So, um, so I went. And so I've, I've always been a churchgoer, but I stopped for a couple of years when I first came and started nursing and then we used to work shifts. And, um, but it's not that, it was just that I didn't feel I wanted to go. Yeah, yeah. And there wasn't a church that I wanted to go to. And I was a church goer. I wasn't a Christian. Yes, a church goer by habit. By habit, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. I definitely was not a Christian. No. But at that time, I didn't realise that I wasn't. Okay. Yes. How, just to go back a little bit, you said that, you know, going to a shop, I'm being verbally abused because you're different. That doesn't have much impact on you. That might be surprising for yes. people to hear. Yes. Um, I think I just let it wash over me. Right. I was I was in my early 20s then, you know, 20, 21, and I let it wash over me because when I started nursing, it was I was in a class of 86 students. You never you'll never have a class that big these days. No. But I was in a class of 86 and I was the only black person there. So, but there were some fantastic girls there as well that made me feel welcome. Mm -hmm. So within the group itself, um, I didn't have much of a, a, a problem. But sometimes you'll go to a shop and the shopkeeper would see you standing there next to be served and perhaps would beckon or call the person next behind you and totally ignore you. So 
being ignored was something that I got then. And also, sometimes you'll be walking along the streets and somebody would say, oh, why don't you go back and live in the, st- no, live in the trees, wow. go back to Africa and live in the trees or something like that. And in a way then, I just thought I wouldn't let this have a lasting impact. It was upsetting. I mean, sure. You're human. If you're caught, you bleed. Yeah, yeah. But... I just I just decided that I wasn't going to let it alter my outlook in life. Yeah. My main focus then was getting what I came here for, finishing my studies. Yeah. Um and every time I thought of my mother in back in Freetown, yeah. it was that desire to achieve something and then go back and make life easier for her. Because right. life was hard. Yeah. Pretty hard for her. She was a tough woman. Yeah. My mom. She used to go to church as well, but at that time she wasn't a Christian, a born again Christian. She became one before I did actually as well. So and I thank God for that. Because mm-hmm. those few years from the time I left home, she used to go to what used to be referred to as prayer meetings. Mm-hmm. I think I'm jumping around actually. That's okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. She used to go to these prayer meetings. And when she was doing the ironing on Sunday, she would sing all those, what we used to then refer to as Negro spirituals. Yeah. Um, you know, the swing low, sweet chariots, that mm-hmm. kind yeah, of sure. thing. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she was quite religious. Yeah. Um, but I had never heard of, I knew about God and I knew about Jesus as the son of God. And I knew Jesus died on the cross, but I've never heard of the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. And that's in spite of me spending pretty much every Sunday at church. For so many years. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um. I never heard of that. And in those days as well, I've I heard I've heard about the Holy Ghost, which I know is the same same thing, but the word ghost didn't resonate well with me. Yeah, sure, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, just yeah. think it's something to be frightened of. Yeah, absolutely. Because you think in terms of a ghost. Yeah. Um so yes, that did not um encourage me to yeah, yeah. to look deeper. It was um yes, years later. Okay, so before we get there, you you do your nursing, so you go through your nursing, you deal with the prejudice. abuse, the prejudice. Yeah. Um, that you know you must have been incredibly resilient to 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 do that. You get to the end of your studies. I'm guessing you carry on the tradition of doing well. Um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. So what what happens then? Do you then go back to Sierra Leone when you um, finish? I got married. Right. Yes. Okay. I- <laughs> <laughs> I throw these things in. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When I was at sixth form, I met this young man who was um, not in 
the same school. Well, that's why you went to sixth form after all. <laughs> that's the whole point. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And um, he was at another school, not the one I went to. But so we kind of dated for a bit, um, maybe a year, and then I left, and um, and we communicated. But when I got here, his his sister was already living and working in London and she became a friend as well. So, um, and I used to spend the odd weekend or so with her and her family. So, so I got quite close to the sister. So when my then boyfriend came to the UK to, to study, cause he, he went to work straight from school. Right. So it was something in telecommunications. And when he came to do a course, that's when we got married. So that was all very quick. <laughs> While you were here in the UK? While I was here. I hadn't finished studying yet. Right. No, wow. no, yes. Because he was only here for two years. Right. So um, we got married and then probably a year later he went back. That was when I started going back to church because I didn't want to get married outside of the church, even though I wasn't going to church. Yeah. So um, I was, when I made inquiries and I was told that you've got to have the bands published yeah. in a church, I went to one that um, wasn't too far from where I was living. And I started going there in Chiswick, actually, in London. And it was, a, it was a, a, an encouraging church. It was a good church, yeah. actually. And I rediscovered my love for hymns and and all the rest of it. But it wasn't there that I became a Christian. No, no, no. no. I still had nothing to do with the Holy Spirit then. And um and yes, yeah, so so I got married and then when I finished my course, my and I being a bookworm as I was then, I did three different branches of nurse. <laughs> I did the general nursing. I was not keen on it, didn't like it. I did sick children's nursing, which I liked, but it was painful yeah, sure. yeah, to yeah, see yeah. The, the sick children. And then I did midwifery, and I thought that's enough of the studying. I don't, don't know. So anyway, I went home because by that time my husband was home. And, um, and so I went home and, yes, and worked in a military hospital back in back in freetown yes for a couple of years mm -hmm. so in actual fact i was a captain in the army <laughs> oh wow who knew yes because yeah that's an honorary rank isn't it for uh yeah. for, for serving well the medics. army medical services yes, you had yeah. the rank yeah. like whatever yeah. yeah 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 wow and how long did you do that for about three years right so what's happening with you and your husband, you're back in Sierra Leone. He's he's your is your uh, a captain in the in the army, <laughs> wow. not at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, things didn't work out. Let right. me just put it that way. I had two children. My younger son was a, a a baby when things began to get seriously wrong, um, and I. When I went back home, I did not go to church often because my husband didn't go to church. 
so I didn't. Right. But um, his mum went to church and his brother would go every now and again. So I started going to church with his mum after a bit when things were getting difficult. Right. And then it got to a stage. Oh, sorry. By the time I got back home, my grandmother and my mother were then going to a Pentecostal church, which was where this Holy Ghost term was really, really banded. And I thought, no chance. Yeah. I'm not going there. But I know my grandmother was praying for me. And they knew that things were, that I was desperately unhappy and things were not working. And um, it came to the point when I knew I had to make a decision that something had, was going to happen. And my grandmother invited me to some of their services at the Pentecostal church that her and my mom were going to, and they'd both been baptized and really accepted the Lord. And I struggled against it. I struggled against the the worship. You wouldn't believe that now, would you? Yeah. <laughs> I struggled with... Um, the fact that it was all clapping and dancing and it was really, really lively. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, I don't really know if I want to have anything to do with that. Sure. But the pastor, the pastor's wife, in fact, she was the assistant pastor. She was a really, really kind woman. And, um, and I got... Yeah, I, she was somebody I could talk to. She wasn't a family member, so it was easier. Yeah, she was a bit further away. That's right, yes. She was my, my grandmother's friend, but she wasn't a family. I could talk to my mom and, but, or my grandmother, but sometimes you don't, you feel, and I, yeah, sometimes you don't want to, not import, you don't want to pass on your emotional struggles to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And in a way I was protecting my mom yes. and my, my grandmother. But I was able to talk to this lady and she kept saying, why don't you come to church and all the rest of it? And we were praying. And somewhere during that time, there was a stirring in my spirit. And I got to understand a little bit more about the work of the Holy Spirit. And... Um, and who the Holy Spirit was, because up to that time, I did not really appreciate at all. Mm -hmm. um, it was all airy-fairy to me. Mm -hmm. and, and things got really bad. And I knew I had to accept that my marriage was failing. I knew it was. And I remember going to... I remember going to church one morning and I do remember that it was a Wednesday morning. It was their midweek service. Mm -hmm. And um, I went with my son who was quite young then. And after the service, this this woman, this friend, this woman who had become, well, an auntie. She's older. I can't refer <laughs> to her as a friend. So, <laughs> so yes, and... We were talking and we were praying and I just, I was at, I knelt at the altar 
and um, I just started really, really crying, sobbing. Mm. And and she was praying. She was with me there, and she was praying. I couldn't, didn't even know much how to pray then. And that was going about 40 or so years ago. Yeah. And I could I could hear her saying, you know, trust in God, believe in God, and something like words to that effect anyway. Um, and it's going to be all right. But I was really, really sobbing. And, um, and then all of a sudden, I, I just felt that love of God wash over me, first of all, before absolutely feeling me. It was really quiet. It was nothing dramatic. Yeah. Um, I sometimes think, oh, I don't have a dramatic story like some people mm -hmm. do of their salvation. So it was quiet. It was peaceful, but it was such such an experience of God's love which had always been abstract to me yeah. in the past. You go to church, you hear that God is love and all the rest of it, but never really moved to my heart, never really impacted me, never really brought me close to God where I can think of myself as being personal to God, mm -hmm. somebody that God would know and love as an individual so it's always been up there yeah for yeah, me. yeah 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 um oh that was the most peaceful feeling the most peaceful feeling that um i've had i can remember i can't remember the the actual i know it was a wednesday and i can't remember the dates but i'll never forget that feeling mm -hmm. so it was more of a feeling uh uh an acceptance because the sense of failure was heavy on me then because um, of your marriage yes yeah. it was i haven't failed in anything before then yeah so that was very hard hard to bear um yes so it was just then that i really that sense of peace that i got that has stayed with me up till now wow and then I suppose you would say, as when you walked out of that place, everything's not perfect, is it? No. Uh, you've still got the same Still got the same. In fact, it got worse. Okay. It got worse. And the, the, the marriage eventually came to an end mm -hmm. um, that same year. Um, but God is good. I always remember that phrase, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. um, yes, so my my main, I was working then because I was still um, working as a nurse. I think that was my fourth year there. Um, and my what was of great concern to me were these two children. Mm -hmm. Um I had these two children, they were my responsibility. And I didn't have anything else much. And for the first time as well, I was able to communicate with God. Yeah. 
to actually pray without being a prayer that I've learned. Um, so talk to God. And that's when I, I started pouring out my heart to God. It was 99% of it was about these two children. like an abstract idea yes. so now you have a personal relationship personal relationship with yeah and I didn't realize sometimes I, I think to myself oh how come I didn't realize it before it would have been so much nicer if I'd had this relationship but there's a time for everything that was my time it was crisis time and it wasn't just uh, which some people thought it was just the crutch that I because of the difficulties. On because yeah. of, yes, because of all of that. Um, and also the, this other thing, word, joy. Joy in the Lord. Mm -hmm. My circumstances were terrible. Not joyful in the least. Definitely not, yes. And the joy in the Lord and that reassurance that it's going to be okay. Um, even though what I could see was very far from okay. Mm. So, um, yes. So life was hard then. Life was hard. It was a struggle for me. It was a real struggle. Emotionally as well as financially and all the rest of it because I had these two children. You're on your own. On my own. The stigma. Of course. Of, Social stigma. That's it, of divorce, the, the feeling of rejection. So they were all there, mm. but um, I, would, I would push them at the back of my mind. It was just looking after these this two, two children. That was my priority. Um, I loved them very much. And, but by God's grace, with the help of family, because uh, and I'm so grateful for my family, with the help of family, um, yeah, I was able to battle on. Battle on—that's the word. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. So let's maybe move forward a little bit then and talk about the next kind of phase of your life. So you 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 battle on, kids, just stay in Freeport. You move what 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 happens yes, next? Yes, um, this goes back again now to my always having my head in a book. <laughs> Recurring theme. <laughs> yes, I was told by somebody I was working with, one of the doctors, who always used to say to me, strangely enough, he always used to say to me, "What are you doing here? You're wasted here." And I thought, well, I'm working, I'm earning a living for you know, me and my kids. Yeah. Life had improved a little bit then. Yeah. And um, and then he would say, 
oh, you can do better than this and all the rest of it. And one day he said to me, there's a cause um, that's on for health professionals who it's to do with community health. Would you like to be to have a go? And I thought, oh, all right. The kids were in primary school then. They were both of them going to private schools, So, which because at that time the education system had deteriorated quite yeah. a bit. And, um, you know, life was hard. Mm. But I I thought, okay, I'll do that. So I did. It was only, it was a very short course. It was run by, by doctors and teachers, lecturers from the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine. Because obviously with Sierra Leone, with Freetown being a previous colony, um, the links with Britain were all very yeah, strong. strong. They were yeah. still yeah. quite strong. Yes, and the British Council, that was another place I spent a lot of time, the British Council Library growing <laughs> up. Reading books. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we, so he said, you can go and have a chat with whoever's running it. And there were four lecturers from the School of Tropical Medicine over there. And I was just fascinated with public health and this whole business of studying again, of learning again, and the whole notion of not just treating somebody for a particular illness, but look at them as a whole and the family as mm -hmm. a whole. So all that, I was taken with it so much that um, by the time we finished the course, I suppose I did well. And he said, um, <laughs> he said, would you like to take this further? And I said, oh, what else can I do? So he told one of the lecturers, that is, he told me, and he said, um, I can send an application form for you. So he did. So that's how I got into public health, because I was dissatisfied with nursing, didn't know what else to do, got to home to run all on my own. Um, so, yeah, so that's how I branched into public health. So I came to the School of Tropical Medicine to do a master's in, in public health. And um, and that was it. Did, did your kids come with you? No, they didn't no. then, no. I, I went back yeah. and got... The, oh, that's it. I went back and I went to that same department where I had done that short course yeah. as a lecturer. Wow. So they were saying to me, we're really short. Can you help? And all that time, because I'd come to do this 15 month, whatever, because I was thinking, well, again, starting to think about the kids. But God has been so good. God really looked after those kids. God raised those, those two children, by which time I had acquired another child <laughs> um, who came to live with me not my biological child because I raised um, five in all. And um, so she came to live with me by that time. And I was then as a lecturer at the Department of Community Health at the university there, which I must say is also the first university in West Africa. Um, <laughs> a lot of firsts. I'll figure that in. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> while I can. Yeah, quite right. Yes, yeah.
again, as I said, because of the missionaries and the emphasis on education, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freetown used to be called the Athens of Africa. Right. Isn't now, but yeah. it used to be then. And so the depart the medical college had just started and they needed lecturers and all the rest of it. So I went there and was a lecturer there for maybe four years, three or four years. And things were not too bad then, but I was so concerned about the education of my children. I had the three of them then. Oh no, I had four. <laughs> because I had four because my older sister's youngest boy had come to live with me then. We do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he. But because education has been so important for you, then you're trying to have that same impact on your own two kids and the other two kids who are with you. That's right. That's so important. Yes, that's it. Yeah, and the the um, my nephew. That's my sister's son. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. The first one who came to live with me. Yeah, she's no relation at all. She just came and stayed, and we're a family. I see her as my daughter mm -hmm. her mom is still alive her parents were alive and and she's got you know she knows that's her mom she's got relationship sure, with yeah, her mom yeah. and all the rest of it but my my children see her as their sister so that's the way it worked and um and i just thought i've got to do something so when the opportunity came for me to come back to the school of tropical medicine to do a PhD, I thought, well, I've been thinking about the children's education, so perhaps this is the time for me to make a, a more serious break with Sierra Leone. And potentially more permanent. Yes, yes. So that was in 1989. Wow. So I'd been toing and froing yeah, 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 since yeah. then. And so that was it then, yeah, because I could. And um, so I came with the two children, the older two were, my, my sister's son was still at school. Well, this, this other girl actually, see, I was also finishing school. So I came with the two, my two, and settled. And then they came afterwards, not long afterwards. When they'd finished their school, yes, they came to join you. Yes. So there you are, now studying for a PhD. More books for sure. <laughs> four, four, four kids, two of your own. Yeah, two. but the older one was older actually. She'd finished, so she was she stayed in London with a a, a relative of uh, mine. Okay, right. Yes, yeah. and and then she started working, and but the two were still at school, and also because it was. Again, I kind of started off again having to struggle financially yeah. to cope with them. But um, again, God was so good. My nursing training that I didn't really like working as a nurse, I could still use it. So running the home, um, studying. studying, I used to work nights in a nursing home. Right, for some more money. For some more money, yes. And then later on, I got a part-time job as a researcher at the University of Salford. 
That was before I finished my study, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. so, <laughs> so all these were Give happening. Give me a headache, <laughs> thinking about it all. Yes, I know. So all that was happening. And by which time I was just so in love with my Jesus and the Holy Spirit was working yeah. in my life. And I thought everything is possible yeah. with God. Looking back, I don't know how I did it, but um, I know it was with the help of, of um, God. Yeah. That's that's a, a really good point to, to ask you actually about. A beautiful sentence that you've just said is, I'm in love with my Jesus. Yeah. Amazing. So have you got any particular scriptures, verses, whatever that have you go back to time and again? Or, you know, you've mentioned, I'm not going to ask you about a book, I don't think, because <laughs> I might open a can of worms about books, but maybe let's stick to like a favourite a favorite verse or a favourite psalm or something maybe yeah. that you've, you've well, held on to. My favourite psalm of all times really is Psalm 121. And I read it every day i i i um i read it in the old the king james king james yes because that's how i learned it um and every day every morning after my time with the lord of devotion and all of that i read some 121 i will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help and I look, I look at my life mm. and I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, on so many levels, my, for the children, because a single parent bringing up two black children in Liverpool, it wasn't easy. And they, they went to a church school. They went to Christian Fellowship School. Yeah. So that shielded them a little bit from some of the realities, but, um, and I used to just pray over them. And my son had a bit of, I suppose, like I did as well. By the time he was finishing school, he had a little bit of his rebellious mm -hmm. time and um, stopped going to church again, I suppose, like I did. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but yes, but that they've both, they both finished school. They both finished university. They, they, they're both walking with and serving the Lord now. I could not have asked for anything better because people tend to refer to single parent families as dysfunctional, as, sure. as you know, almost like a stigma attached to it. But I really, really thank God. I've got so much to thank God for, particularly for those children. Oh, my niece came to live with me as well. She's the fifth one. But I was here in Liverpool when she came during the civil war in Sierra Leone. Oh. I sent for her. She was um, at school. To protect her. Yes. So so she came. So she's now, she trained, she's finished, she went to university and is a nurse in London. Incredible. Yeah. So um, so that that's the fifth one. She's the baby of my family. <laughs> Never mind. She's in her mid-30s. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, but God has been so good, Ian. I can't, I can't thank God enough. He's, he's held my hand through all of this. Just a few months ago, when we were looking at the promises of God at the beginning of lockdown and mm -hmm. all the rest of it, and we were looking at Isaiah 40, I think, 
And I remember at um, an, our growth group, I was, we were discussing it. I got to Lynn Bass's growth group and it was it's only a smaller group. And suddenly something jumped out at me from the page. It's Isaiah 40, 11. I think it is verse 11. But it was something like, I will lead the sheep as you lead the, as she leads the lambs or something. I told you I can't remember. He I will can't... tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Yes, that's the, that's the bit, that last bit there. Yeah. And gently lead those that are with young. That's right. And that's your experience. That's, that's my experience because my main focus when things went upside down for me were the children. And the way God has led me as I tried to nourish the children and raise them and all the rest of it on my own. I can never get over that. So all of a sudden, they're both in their 40s now, my biological children. All of a sudden, just a few months ago, that jumped out at me from mm. the Bible, from the page. That's, yes, Lord, this is what you did. You actually carried me as I carried them. It's, it's making me quite emotional. Yeah. But, you know, God is just so good. There's so many instances where it could all have gone wrong. But, um, yes, he's faithful. Amen. Well, that seems like a perfect way for us to, to finish. So thank you so much for coming in <laughs> yeah, uh, and sharing your story. It's absolutely remarkable. Not only your countenance and your, your character and resilience comes through, but also the testimony um, to God's goodness in your life is uh, incredible so thank you so much for the time and thank you for coming in you're welcome phew <laughs>